You know how you can tell the penguins are getting slaughtered? When Dan Potash's guest between periods is a member of the opposing team. Not a penguin, but a foe. Like last night, it's 8-3 Boston after two periods. And Potash is interviewing Kevin Miller of the Bruins. If you didn't know the score, hadn't watched the game, you'd turn on the TV, see Potash talking to a Bruin, and you'd say, oh, crap. I blame Potash. Even more than I blame Ian Cole getting traded and three soft goals given up by those quote-unquote goalies last night, Potash lost that game. So, hey, Dan Potash, you and your stupid specs, guess what? You just made the list. It's about time Potash makes the list. The list brought you by Matt Mertz Plumbing Cut on a name you can trust. Call 412-367-0815. For all your plumbing, heating, and cooling needs. Uh, We've been talking all day about the Penguins' loss, and it was lopsided. 8-4. You're not going to allow 8 and win. You're just not. A lot of false dawns for the Penguins, though. Like when Shane scored that goal with two seconds left in the first period back at 5-3, and it wasn't a great goal, Rask kind of... Didn't lose his angle, but it was short side. He kind of flailed at it. And I'm thinking, okay, the Penguins goalie stink, but Rask is having a bad night too. Maybe the Penguins could get back in this game. But no such luck as the Bruins scored the next three goals and wound up winning 8-4. Just a uh, bad night. I don't read too much into it. I certainly don't dismiss the Penguins' chances. I don't have buyer's remorse about the Broussard deal because of that game. It was a bad night, but it was only one night. It's been a bad week, but it's only one week. It reminds me of the second game of the season at Chicago when the Penguins lost 10-1. to People were panicking then, but 82 games is a lot of games. And inevitably, things do straighten out. I really need a long playoff run by the Penguins because I don't know what I'm going to talk about once the Penguins are done and Steelers training camp hasn't arrived yet. Think of the last two years of the Penguins winning the Cup. It was such a short time between the glow of the Stanley Cup wearing off and then the Pirates, you know, well, they were eliminated before the glow of the Stanley Cup wore off. And then Steelers training camp, I didn't have much time to fill with, you know, Pirates or whatever the frig it is I was going to do because I'm still not sure because I didn't have to. But uh, I think the Penguins are going to make a run. They might not win, but I think they'll make a run. I know you'll go crazy when they let you down personally by not winning a third straight Stanley Cup because you won't be able to get a three straight Cups t-shirt to wear to your minimum wage job at the Unimart running the Slurpee machine or whatever whatever it is that you do. But uh, I'm still sold on the Penguins. I'm still sold that Hunwick could do at least as good a job as Cole had been. 
I'm convinced that Broussard gives the Penguins so many options with the way the lines can be constructed. Let me go over my plan B again. I have two plan Bs for the Penguins. I talked about them uh, in the 3 o'clock hour. If Sully ever wants to not use the three stars on three separate lines, put Kessel back with Malkin and have Broussard, Hornquist, and Haglin be like the toughest third line to play against ever. And then still score some goals too. They wouldn't be strictly a checking line. But you can you imagine playing Boston in a series and Marchand has to eat Hornquist every shift? Yikes. And my other plan B is, if the Penguins are being sloppy with the puck, go into a conservative formation. I hate to use the word trap, but that's what you'd want to do. And then attack off the counter with speed and numbers. Like the Penguins did down three games to one in 92 against Washington. Came back to win that series and the Stanley Cup. It was such a different look that the Caps didn't know what to do. If these Penguins did that, whoever the opposition was, they wouldn't know what to do either. The Penguins trapping and counterattacking would be just as fearsome offensively as the way they play now, the way they prefer to play. It would be, can you imagine just turning up the rink? When I say attack with numbers, the minute the puck turns over, all three forwards, one defenseman. Bang, you're off. That's the way the the Caps did it. The Penguins kind of gave the Caps a taste of their own medicine because they were jumping guys like, and, and this goes through their history. I'm not sure who specifically was on defense for the Caps in 92, but they had guys like Callie Johansson, Ally Afraidy, Larry Murphy, Sergey Gonchar, and they would just, the, the closest defense to the puck would just jump in the play and offer support. By the way, speaking of positioning, I want to straighten you all out on something real quick here. I hear people calling other talk shows, and the hosts support this notion because they don't know what they're talking about over at the B team. Have you seen a couple plays where both defensemen would be near the puck in the defensive zone, and the puck would go in front and the other team would score? That's not the defenseman's fault necessarily. Because in certain situations, the Penguins want one defenseman to support the other on the puck down low, and the forwards have to pick up the guys in front of the net. That's tactical. I know whose fault it looks like, but that's not whose fault it is. Let's go to Max on the road. Max, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Max, you there. Hey, what up, man? What up? I cannot be so happy that Dan Potash finally made that list. Yeah, I mean, I like Potash, but he should be on the list, correct? Yes. And I, I don't know. I always get the feeling that the players, they, they – I don't know. They try to play along with him, and he tries to play along with them. They hate like Potash. He's, like he's another They would player. like to kill Potash. And he's such a goober with all the... Yeah, goober, yeah. No, actually, they like Potash, and so do I. And just because he is a goober, you can kind of bust his chops a little bit. Dan's a good guy, good pro, too. But he's on the list. Let's go with uh, Jack in Dormont. Jack, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, that point you just made about uh, defensemen and whose fault it is, that, that's why I listen to you. I don't know as much, hear as much as you about hockey, but, you know, I got I got down on them at, at uh, 50, at 10 to 1 about a month ago in Vegas, and they, they're catching fire. Okay, they had a little slump, shaky goaltending last night, but let, let's let this uh, Broussard guy, you know, 
get, get some. Actually, I think he's hurt. played pretty good so far. Like, look at last night. In an 8-4 loss, yeah. he had an assist that was plus one. That's not exactly an all-star performance, but you can't blame him. Yeah, let the guy get comfortable here. That's about all I got, Mark. Thank you for the call, Jack. Let's go to Marcus in Wexford. Marcus, you're on with Double M. How you doing? Good. Hey, I was wondering if you read into these playoff seeds. I know uh, history doesn't repeat itself, and they've got some time here on the calendar, but where do you want them to hang up? Obviously, number one in the division is best, but I was thinking if they finish three or four, do you think they could win it on the road? It doesn't matter at all to me where they finish. And, yeah, I think they can win a playoff series where they don't have home ice advantage. Okay. I was just curious with the Caps. Obviously, there's history. I mean, you'd rather have home ice. Of course you would. Right. But, but I mean, they won game seven at Washington just last year, right? Right. I don't know what their road stats are like this year compared to the past few years, but it seems like they're not that hot on the road. Obviously, that can pick up. Well, yeah, the playoffs are a different animal. The way it's going to work out, I think, is Pittsburgh and Philadelphia in the first round. And I think Pittsburgh will wind up having home ice. If not Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, then Pittsburgh and New Jersey in the first round. Okay, I got to get this plug out there because she has a new Twitter. N.A. Bold on Stripper Queen Sarah Flaviano, who since I last saw her got new bold-ons. They're, they're, the biggest, they're bigger than the biggest thing you could think of. Sarah's new boobs. And she's been working out like a maniac. So she's in really good shape. It's like a 50-foot drop from her nipples to her belly button. She looks like a Barbie. She really does. So her Twitter address is, it's Bronzy Beauty, at B-R-O-N-Z-I-E Beauty. Bronzy Beauty, B-R-O-N-Z-I-E Beauty. That's Sarah Flaviano, the unofficial mistress of the show, and the North Allegheny High School bolt-on stripper queen. Also, I have a plug to her in a while. Uh, Pittsburgh's fitness model, Marie Blanchard. She says she's gained two pant sizes in two years just because her ass has got so big. It has gotten big, but it's still very attractive. Perhaps because it's big. 412-333-9939 is the number two call. Well, I got really nothing. We got Coors Light Cold Hard Facts next. Other than that, I got nothing. It's it's free phone Friday. What a lame gimmick that is. Haven't prepared at all, so it's free phone Friday. 412-333-WXDX. Exit 105.9. It's time now for the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts. Fact. If Ian Cole plays last night, the Penguins win. Fact. If Ian Cole plays last night, Boston doesn't score. Because Cole blocks every shot. Not just the eight goals. Ian Cole blocks all 38 shots. Fact. If Ian Cole plays last night, he scores a goal. Probably two and maybe three. Fact. If Ian Cole plays last night, he steps in for Alexiak and kicks Chara's ass. Him and Alexiak probably hit Chara with the Doomsday device, the old Road Warriors finisher. Those are the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts brought to you by Coors Light. Stop at the Barrel Junction in Gibsonia and Shaler and enjoy Coors Light drafts during all Penguins games for the low, low price of $3.50. That was my favorite sign of my wrestling days. Hit them with your finish. I wish somebody would hold that sign up 
at the Penguins game tomorrow. Oh, here's a Sarah Flaviano update. Since I mentioned her new Twitter account, Bronzy Beauty, she has gained 54 followers. 55 followers, wow. She's adding followers like inches to her fake boobs, which are considerable. Let's go to David and Ligonier. David. Ask Mark. Wait, we're not quite to that point yet. I wish. You're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Hey, do you think there's going to be more pressure on Murray this year with him knowing there's not going to be a caliber backup like Flurry? When you say more pressure, what do you mean? You know, like in, you know, to win. I mean, you know, he can't he he can't be getting hurt. And I think there's you know, I think there's always pressure to win when you're on a two time defending Stanley Cup champion. And uh, I don't think you could say somebody's under pressure to not get hurt uh, because you can't control that. Now, I know people say Murray is hurt too often. and You know you know what's weird about Murray? I've said this frequently. He doesn't get a major injury very often. He gets a lot of like three and four game injuries. Now, he's played 41 games so far this year. There are, I believe, 17 games left. No, 18 games left. Let's say Murray plays 12 of those, which is a reasonable amount to expect, assuming his return's imminent, right? Right. Then he will have played 53 games, and that's a decent workload. That's about what you'd expect your starting goalie to play, correct? Oh, yeah. What's your, what's your confidence level? I mean, I mean the, the, days, the, days of, the days of goalies playing 75 games is over. That's just not going to happen anymore. My confidence level in Matthew staying healthy, I don't know. I mean, I have confidence. Well, I mean, who knows? He could step off the corner and get hit by a bus. And then my right. confidence level in him staying healthy would decrease dramatically. I mean, <laughs> I, you can't predict injuries, bro. You just cannot predict injuries. But I'm a Matt Murray fan. If he's healthy, team's going to go a long way. Let's go to Bob in West Mifflin. Bob, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hi, Mark. How you doing? Good. Obviously, picking up Dar Broussard is a great pickup, and people are talking about Ian Cole like he's, you know, Bobby Orr, but I'd like to talk about losing a guy like uh, Ryan Reeves. You know, all last year after the playoffs, management was saying, you know, if the league isn't going to protect our stars, we have to, and then they gave a pretty, they gave up a pretty steep price to get Reeves, well, they, they didn't not, give up a pretty steep price to get Reeves, but if, if that's the narrative, go ahead. They they dropped 20 picks in the draft. That's not that bad. The first-round pick was the 31st in the draft. If it's, if it's one pick later, it's a second-round pick. Okay, now they're entering the playoffs, and obviously you know they're in the same boat as they are last year with the refs not protecting their players. And yet somehow they won the Stanley Cup. Well, I realize that. No, nope, bro, nobody fights guys. in the playoffs. Honestly, Reeves' biggest value was always going to be during the regular season. Okay, I mean, they're still going to take cheap shots that won't be called. and that in, in the playoffs, I don't know. I mean, they, they, you know, I know what you're saying. I just don't think it's a big deal. Okay. I, think it was, I think it was good they had Reeves. And if, if they were able to make that deal and keep him, I think that would have been good, although he wouldn't have played in the playoffs. Because they would have dressed Rowney as the fourth line right wing for penalty kill and for the uh, right-handed face-off option. Well, I got to tell you, you know, you know what I couldn't believe last night was I couldn't believe that uh, 
Ronnie killed penalties more than Kuhnhockel again. And Ronnie was on the ice for three power play goals against. I think Kuhnhockel's a better player than Carter Rowney, and I think he's a better penalty killer than Carter Rowney. Let's go to Kevin in Charleston, South Carolina. Kevin, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Uh, the reason the trade to me doesn't make any sense is solely in his use of the lineup. Uh, you know, the whole point of getting Broussard is now you can roll four lines. You've got four compromises. No, batters. that's not the point of the Broussard yes, trade. Yes, it is, Mark. Well, no, yes, not. it is. No, no, you're, it's... You're, you're offering cover to the organization. No, I'm not. Yeah, right, right. I offer cover to a lot of people. That's not the purpose of the trade. I mean, how stupid can you be? I mean, what seriously. Explain what the... the oh, I will. I'll be that. glad to explain what the purpose of the trade is if you'd shut your fat mouth. Or I'll come down to Hickville, Hillbilly Town... Rip the corn cob pipe right out between your lips and slap some taste back into it because God knows it don't taste too good down there. The reason they got Broussard was because they want to split Kessel, Malkin, and Crosby onto separate lines, and they didn't feel Riley Shan was a good enough center for Malkin. They're going to roll three lines and not four. The intent was never to roll four lines, and if you look at the minutes played in last year's playoffs and the year before that, they didn't roll four lines very often then. You know, before the season, you no, 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 hold it, hold it. I gave, no. no, hold it, hold it. I gave you exactly the reason they made the trade. Now, bright guy, what do you have to say? I'll tell you what I have to say. If the Pens chose to roll four lines, they had the people within the organization that they could roll four lines. Oh, for example, only running Coonhawk for example, and Brownie out there is a freaking disaster. Okay, who would you play instead of Coonhawko and Rowney? I would bring up Sprong. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You can tell you live in a Confederate state. Okay? You can tell you live south of the Mason-Dixon line where they know nothing about hockey. Nothing about anything, in fact. Okay? You do understand that Sprong playing three minutes a game on the fourth line is counterproductive. Even if do it's more understand? than that, put him on hold. Put him on hold. Put this southern hick hillbilly bitch on hold. Sprong's not a fourth-line style player. He just isn't. Go ahead and talk. Well, I'm not telling. I'm not saying put Sprong on the fourth line. Oh, who would you the put best, on the fourth line, then? The best Sid looks all Who would you put on the fourth line, then? No, no, Sid, Sid, Sid with Sprong wasn't the best Sid looked all year. That's just, even for a Southerner, that's stupid. Um, and who, let me, let me read the right wings to you, okay? Hornquist, Kessel, Rust. Who does Strong play ahead of? He plays ahead of Sherry. That wasn't one of the choices. I know. That's how you always win the argument. You no, no, no. I, you know, see, sport. you know what I did? When I, when I mentioned, when I asked you what line Sprong as a right wing should play on, you know what I did? I know it's revolutionary. I actually named right wings. Sherry is currently a left wing. Okay, Sprong is not a left wing. So once again, I ask you, General Lee, and I'm referring to the car, not to General, because you have the brains of a carburetor. Who does Sprong replace in your lineup? He replaces, you put him in front of Russ. No, you don't. No, you line. don't. No, you don't. <laughs> Goodbye, imbecile. Taking a break, 105.9. This is Tom Kunakl of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden in the best hockey talk on 105.9 DX. I'm glad the week's almost over. I'm glad the show's almost over. 
iHeartMedia is almost over. They just declared bankruptcy. Now, that a couple people asked. That's a reorganization. And let's face it. I'd pop up somewhere because I'm Mr. Money in the Bank. I'm the super genius. Tested IQ 166. Let's go to Calvin in Portland, Oregon. Calvin, you're on with Double M. What up, man? What up, man? Hey, why are most professional hockey skaters left-handed shots when the majority of the population, I would suppose, are right-handed people? Well, I think because that the hockey kids are taught to put their strong hand on the top of the stick. Now, I'm totally opposite. I was taught to put my my strong hand at the bottom of the stick. What difference that makes? Well, in my case, it made none because I wasn't very good, but but uh, that's why. You're taught to put your, your powerful hand, your dominant hand, in most cases, like you said, right, on the top of the, the top of the stick. Let's go to Byron in the car. Byron, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Yes, King. Hey, I heard you touting some uh, facts earlier about Cole, and uh, it seems that you're you're saying that he would play on the first, second, third, and fourth line. I I don't even think Latang can do that, Mark. He would have played the whole game last night. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, I don't know. Thank you. Oh, you know. Damn straight, you know. One two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine is the number to call. I'm looking up the block shots leaders here. And uh, this should be a lot easier to find than it is. Where's he in Cole rank? Okay, they got it reversed. I'm looking at these guys. Who's Brian Lashut? But he has zero block shots. They had it in the wrong order. I can't find Ian Cole. Ian Cole, for a guy who supposedly blocks all these shots, he's not even in the top 40. Is any Penguin in the top 40? I'll talk to somebody else while I look this crap up. Harry and Dormont. Harry, you're on with Double M. Yeah, what's going on, Double M? What up, man? So check it out. We hear all these people complaining about Reeves being gone and Cole being gone, and we don't have any muscle, this, that, and everything. They don't seem to realize that the game sort of polices itself. When the guys know that someone's taking a dirty run at them, they're going to get their little poke back in when no one's looking. It handles itself. Look at Hornquist last night. Hornquist took that big run at McAvoy, which I got no problem with, but, you know, he took a pretty big run at him. It's a clean hit. It's a clean hit. What can they do about it, you know? And as far as, like, oh, well, the goalie needs to be protected, the goalie protects himself. How many times have you people not seen a goalie whack the heck out of somebody right in front of the net? It happens all the time. I'm not worried about the absence of Cole and Reese for the reasons you're talking about. Uh, thank you for the call. Not at all. By the way, I got the uh, I got the uh, block shot stats up here. Brian Dumoulin leads the team in block shots with 106. Cole had 91, albeit in 16 less games than Dumoulin. Mata has 88. Latang has 86. Schultz has 70. Hunwick in 39 games has 50. And I'm reading those stats. By way of demonstrating that it's not like Ian Cole, you know, dropped in front of every single shot taken by the other team, and the other guys gave it the big Olay and just got out of the way. He wasn't the only guy who blocked the shot for the Penguins. Even uh, Hornquist has 51 block shots, a forward, which is 
admittedly one more than Hunwick. How about Gensel has has uh, 37 block shots? I mean, he weighs like 40 pounds. I can't believe he can get in the way. And by the way, I want to point out, I, I've talked about how Sheary and his slight frame hurts him. Gensel's not big, but it doesn't hurt him because he knows how to play around it. And plus, Gensel has a bit of a mean streak. He was whacking and hacking a little bit just last night, and that bails him out. Let's go to Phil and Cecil. Phil, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, what's up? What's up? Hey, I just want to thank you for that awesome rant you went on to that guy about the General Lee and having a break. Yeah, you mean the Southern guy? Yes, sir. That is well, correct. I-, I hope Neil Young will remember. The Southern man don't need him around anyhow. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. the number to call. What a dopey show today's been. Penguins are 10-1-1 this year in games after they lose by two or more goals. That bodes well for tomorrow. The New York Islanders, who have been struggling mightily lately, are in town. That bodes well, I hope. The Islanders are still on the periphery of the playoff race. They're four points out of the last spot right now. You know, there's only three points out of the last spot. Florida Panthers uh, making a bit of a run. They've won four games in a row. Right now, though, the Penguins would play the Flyers in the first round of the playoffs with the Flyers having home ice advantage. It would be the Capitals and Devils in the first round, and the Blue Jackets would cross over to play Tampa Bay, which I don't think for one second the Blue Jackets would win, but I think that would be an interesting series. Flyers finally lost a game last night, but they're 8-1-1 in their past 10. Hurricanes are just two points out of a spot. Like I said, the Islanders just two points out of a spot. It's funny, the Rangers have run up the white flag, and I think they lost six in a row before winning last night. But they're still only uh, seven points out of a playoff spot, and that's a lot for this time of year. But uh, but it's still a very interesting division. Nobody in the Metro truly out of the playoff race. I read an article today how Henrik Lundqvist says the Rangers situation is depressing. Well, that's because you're in goal for them. I think it's hilarious. Guy's going to come and go without ever winning a Stanley Cup. Let's go to Dave and Mount Lebo. Dave, you're on with Mark. What's up, Double M? How you doing, man? Good, man. Hey, listen, uh, you know, going back to the whole conversation about Ian Cole and looking at the team over the last couple of games, uh, I'm in complete agreement with you that uh, the fandom in Pittsburgh is greatly overstating its value. And, uh, and looking at certain stats that he has. And, you know, I, I, hate, I hate to talk like that because it makes it seem like I'm diminishing Ian Cole and the role he played on two cup winners. I think he did a marvelous job here. It's just guys like him are replaceable and will prove to be so in this case. And I completely agree with you on that. And, and same thing with Ian Cole about his contribution to the team, and he did help the team win a Stanley Cup. But when you look at the overall numbers of the team in the playoffs last year amongst the defensemen that were regulars, he was last of the top six in time on ice average each game, and he was lowest in plus minus. So he wasn't as great a contributor to them winning a Stanley Cup as I think everybody really well, the, the, the problem is, no. the problem is, bro, that people just like to have somebody to blame. 
They like gloom and doom. They like feeling that their knowledge is superior. They just like being miserable. Me too. I'm not above that, but uh, I get paid for it. No, exactly. If they play a little bit better team defense and the forwards uh, tighten up a little bit, they'll be fine. I couldn't speak any better. John in the car. John, you're on with Double M. Hey, how you doing, Double M? Great. Hey, question. Uh, who would you change or who would you put on the de- defensive lineups or matchups? And uh, if we needed to bring someone up from Wilkes-Barre, who would you bring up? For what position? Defense. The only guy available that's kind of played in the league this year is Frank Corrado, and he's a bum. Okay. So what matchups would you have? What pairs would I have? Jenny. Yeah. What, no, I would leave them exactly as they are. Although okay. I would I would give Rue Weedle a game on the bottom pair at some point in the near future simply because – you know somebody's going to get hurt. You know he's going to have to play in the playoffs. You don't want him to come in that cold. He hasn't played for what? How many weeks? Let's go to Kevin in Chicago. Kevin, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Long-time caller, first-time listener. Was that supposed to be funny, or did you get it backwards unintentionally? Uh, not sure. But anyway, my See, question here's, is... See, here's the thing. You know you think you're going to be funny, but now you're never going to get the chance. Bye now. Go to Andrew at Edgewood. Andrew, you're on with Mark. Andrew, are you there? Yeah, man. How you doing, Mark? Great. Hey, real quick. So, I mean, I, I'm with you. I I don't think um, I don't think you're downplaying Ian Cole's departure, but I also think that uh, on the flip side, I mean, like, yeah, he's repl- okay. Yeah, he's replaceable, but. He's replaceable picking up someone at the trade deadline, which we did not do. Like, if you think Hunwick is replacing him, Mark, you're crazy. Like, how many times? Then I must be crazy. You're right. I must be crazy to think a guy who played a regular shift for Mike Babcock in Toronto last year can play in the league. I must be crazy to think that a guy who averaged 27 minutes per game for Toronto in last year's playoffs should play in the postseason for the Penguins. If that makes me crazy, you're right. Get out the straight jacket because I am nuts. No, so but but I think the only thing though is that like with him, how many times did, did Sullivan have to pull him out of the lineup for him to be the most glaring player on the ice ever? ever no, nobody, nobody's ever no nobody's ever said he was Nick Lindstrom. He's a bottom pair defenseman. What about that? Don't you understand? A bottom pair defenseman. Bottom pair defensemen sometimes get scratched. Bottom pair defensemen have to scramble for playing time and for a spot in the lineup. He's a bottom pair defenseman. Ian Cole got scratched. Ian Cole got benched. What exactly do you expect Matt Hunwick to be? I expect Matt Hunwick to be a better player, which he's not at all because our defense... Oh, well, that's really sophisticated analysis. I just got through telling you, oh, now you're going to insult him. Go ahead. Not, I mean, our, uh, I'm not insulting him. I'm saying our defense looks like trash since Cole is left. I mean, the defense, you, and that's not why, bro. Okay, you would, so why? So explain why? Can because why? they're having a bad stretch of games. That's why. It's a good thing nobody abandoned ship after that 10-1 loss in Chicago in Game Two. I mean, I, I, listen, I, I do agree with you, Mark. I mean, I don't, I don't think Ian Cole is Nick Lidstrom, and I'm not saying that, but I also think that. 
he's considerably better than who we have on our team already to replace. And almost everybody who coaches and general manages in this league would agree, would disagree with you. Almost everybody. Fair enough. I mean, in fact, I, in fact, I think more than half of them would pick Matt Hunwick over Ian Cole. Man, you're crazy. That's no, crazy. no, no, no. You see, here's the thing. I talk to coaches and to general managers. You're crazy. No, 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 no. I'm speaking from from experience of talking to coaches and general managers. When was the last coach or general manager you talked to? How dialed are you into the NHL and the Penguins and the game besides watching it on TV? Or you could hang up when I just whipped your ass. And you know what? If I offend you people and don't want to listen or call, I don't care because I know I'm right about this. Matter of fact, I care less and less just about every day. Time now to ask Mark anything. Oh, tomorrow's Mike Lang's birthday. Happy birthday, Hall of Famer, if you're listening. Time to ask Mark anything. 412-333-WXDX. What you do is you dial 412-333-WXDX, and then you ask Mark anything. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark, great show as always. When you got a young trophy wife, owes money to... I can't even quote the Big Lebowski right. Goodbye. VX at 105.9. Time now to ask Mark anything. Brought to you by Chapino Restaurant and Cigar Bar, the city's best seafood and chop house. Be sure to check out Chapino in the strip. Let's go to... Zachary in Beaver Falls. Zachary, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark, when you go on vacation, did you ever ask Pursuta if he wanted to fill in for you? Or well, I, I don't I don't arrange the replacements for me, the fill-ins, but uh, think about it. Pursuta works from 6 till 10 in the morning. Why would he want to stay here and work again from 3 till 6 in the evening? That would uh, pretty much ruin the rest of the day, wouldn't it? Well, you still got Bob there, too. Why not Bob? What's it to you? Bob's the producer. Who do you least like that fills in? Say that again? Who do you least like? Who's your least favorite of the people who fill in for me? The least one? Yeah. Uh, I mean, mean, they're all good, but I just thought Pursuit would be just right up to your wheelhouse. Well, do me a favor. Send me an email sending who you would like it to not be, and then that person will be it for perpetuity. Let's go to Scott and Scott Township. Scott, ask Mark anything. What's up, Mr. Money in the Bank? I got a two-parter real quick. Okay. Um, do, you, do you still have the LeBron Kirkland jersey from when you wrestled Mean Gene Oakland? I do. And if, and if so, would you consider signing it and putting it on eBay? How about I just sell it to you? What would you buy? What would you uh, want to give for it? How about a case of Coors Light? I get Coors Light for free anytime I want. How about how about a thousand bucks? That sounds good. You'd sell it for? You'd buy it for a thousand bucks? Yeah. Email me. All righty. Okay, not 2000 bucks. It's a deal. Thanks to Isley's. Isley's is all that matters. Isley's, Isley's, Uber Alles. Uber Alles in Die Welt. 105.9 X.